Welcome to another episode of What's Happening in Travel. I'm here with my buddy, Bro. And I am Kerwin. And um, this is episode number 70. Um, Kusha, what background do you have? Um, I had what I thought was a pretty nice picture of a Korean Air 748. Uh-huh. But I don't know why it's been truncated. But uh, and and that's a special color scheme, right? Yes. The Asians they love their cartoons. Yes, they do. They do. Um, but it's always cool though because uh, I know the, um, Japan Airlines, was it ANA? ANA um, have one of them with a lot of uh, cartoons and stuff on it too. Right, All cool. of them. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, Pokemon, right? Well, yeah, it, exactly. Uh huh. That's true. Uh, they all do. Uh, now that you think about it, um, that cat. What is that cat? Um, Hello Kitty. Hello, Hello Kitty. Kitty. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> that cat. Hello Kitty is the biggest thing ever. <laughs> um, and I've got something that you probably have no idea where that place is but this is the Everett Marina and uh, this is in Everett Washington the home of Boeing and William P. Boeing would be so mad at his company now uh, if he were still alive he's the guy who founded Boeing Um, but I we're going to talk about Boeing we're going to talk about Everett so I thought I'd show a picture of the Everett Marina, which is a beautiful place in Everett, Washington. Um, all right, so let's jump right into it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Everett last, <laughs> but let's talk about the Max or whatever it's being called. Uh, what's the latest on the Max? So um, only reason I brought this up is that um, or oh, included it, is that this is the first time um, the MAX has, the 737 MAX has entered service on a continent outside the Americas mm-hmm. uh, because Brazil, um, Mexico, and the US uh, and Canada have uh, all authorized and have started service, scheduled Good. service with the 737 MAX. And um, on February 17th, um, TUI, which is uh, Fly Belgium, which is, which is the leisure operator. They started their first 737 MAX flight from Brussels to Alicante in Spain via Malaga, also in Spain. And then uh, uh, this was an aircraft that was three years old and was the first in the TUI Fly Belgium fleet. Um, Four days late, sorry, actually a week later, um, Czech-based Smart Wings operated its first um, 737 MAX flight, ironically, again to Malaga from uh, Prague. Oh, okay. Um, March 1st, Norwegian started service, as did um, Alaska Airlines here in the US from Mm -hmm. Seattle to San Diego, and also a list of countries from um, Kenya to the UAE to Saudi Arabia to Australia to Japan have all authorized uh, flights of the 737 MAX to resume. Yeah. One notable exception is China. 
And I don't know if they're playing politics here um, or playing hardball, which they probably are. Probably, yeah. But they're requiring all sorts of additional requirements before they will allow it to fly in their airspace. And which is significant because a lot of Chinese airlines have this aircraft in their fleets. So slowly but surely, the 737 MAX is not Boeing's biggest problem. Even though there was um, a very recent um, airworthiness directive issued by the US FAA that warned of a possible decompression. Now, I thought this was a little bit overrated, but again, I'm not an expert. Um, So this, yes, this had to do with decompression on um, 737 Next Generation, which is the 700, 800, 900, and the Max series. And this all had to do with a lug, which is essentially a bolt that is, with a particular part number that is installed on the forward operating, the entry door of the aircraft, oh, all okay. the maxes and the next generations. Yeah. That was, this was a little thinner than what the specifications require. And it could break off and uh, possibly cause aircraft decompression, which could be disastrous. So what the FAA has, the US FAA, Federal Aviation Authorization has, um, agency rather, has specified is that airlines inspect this um, lug and um, uh, replace it at their earliest um, convenience. So oh, it's not okay. an immediate danger, yeah. but um, it's pretty important. <laughs> so one well, more ding on the <laughs> beleaguered 737 MAX. But you know there are more digs to come, right? Because it's just like any other. It's it's just like any well, other not, airplane. But yeah. yeah. Well, and it's a young airplane, yes. right? They're still quote unquote ironing out all the kinks. Um. So it's a it's a yeah. But yeah. it shares a lot of parts, though, with mm-hmm. the older generation, the new generation, NGs. So. And uh, I we should probably call we should have called this the Boeing segment. Well, that's why I have Everett. So, um, you are cutting out, Krisha. I don't know if the re- I'm hoping that the recording will will uh, actually record you. But what happens is that so you'll say something, and then I huh. don't hear the beginning, and then I'll hear it a, a little later. Um, That's annoying. Yeah. So okay, uh, and then we'll see. Um, all right. Now can we talk about the triple seven? <laughs> Yes, you had brought this up the last episode. Uh, yes. So Boeing cannot seem to catch a break. Um, first, it was the 737 MAX. Then it became a 787 problem. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a bit. And now, the amazing 777 has come, turned out to be another of Boeing's problem children. Well, it's not really a Boeing problem, but it is a Boeing problem because um, a few hundred of all 777s sold by Boeing have uh, the Pratt & Whitney 4000 series engine installed on the the aircraft. Yeah. And that had 
what appeared to be a revolutionary, a revolutionary design um, of their fan blades in the engine. They were um, hollow and they were uh, titanium based and um, they were called a shroudless design. Well, apparently Pratt & Whitney didn't do such a bang up job on these uh, uh, fan blades because there have been a string of incidents where they have cracked and or broken and have caused, caused a lot of um, uh, unwanted publicity for Boeing and Pratt and & Whitney. Oh, so wait, Christian, hold on. You mean that they did do a bang up job? They did not. They did not? Yes. Okay. Because they, the design has proved to be somewhat flawed. Oh, okay. So they did do a bang up job? No. <laughs> job, right? Wait, say again. Bang up job is a great job. No, bang up job is a bad job. <laughs> not the way I know it. Anyway, I'm sorry, I should not have used that. That term. I know, not with a European engine. <laughs> That's All right. right. All That's right. right. Carry on. That was unintentional. Unintentional. So, um, this was on uh, February 20th. There was a United um, 777, um, United has 24 of these aircraft. This was, these engines were typically used on older 777s, typically the, seven, the 777-200, the non-ER version, and the 777-300, the non-ER version. Okay. So, so uh, these have not been made recently. One correction on that though. The 24 airplane that United have, uh -huh. um, it's not the same as the 19 that Continental have. Or Correct, the, or because the, those are GE powered. The 21 GE. that Continental right. has. Right, 21, yeah. So it's 24 Pratt & Whitney powered. Correct. Which they normally use for domestic, quote unquote, domestic flights. Okay. These are not the ERs. Right, these are not the, the ERs. ER. Correct. Which the extended range um, that they use over water. Although some of these uh, these planes are also over water, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> so uh, what happened is that shortly after takeoff from Denver on its way to Honolulu in Hawaii, um, one fan blade on the number two engine on the right side of the aircraft broke um, after being fractured. And as it broke, it hit the adjacent fan blade and um, sawed that off almost completely. It then penetrated the aircraft fuselage and um, it was um, essentially the aircraft engine disintegrated and they had parts falling all over Denver suburbs. Luckily, the aircraft was able to return to back to Denver without any injuries to the passengers. This is not the first time that this has happened. Or because anyone on the ground. Or anyone on the ground, that's okay. correct. No one was hurt. A lot of cars were damaged and some houses were. Yeah. Um, on December the 8th, I believe, no, December the 4th, um, this, a very similar thing happened to a Japan Airlines flight uh, between Haneda in Tokyo and Naha in um, Okinawa. Um, again, one of these fan blades disintegrated and caused a problem for this flight. Again, the aircraft was fine. No one was hurt or injured. 
And um, again, on February 13th, 2018, coincidentally with another United 777 with the same engine um, on the San Francisco Honolulu route, 30 minutes before departure, the same thing happened. The engine uh, lost fan blades and it had to be shut down 30 minutes before departure. Um, there are five airlines affected by this and the, the Japan Civil Aviation uh, Bureau decided to ground all 777s with this Bratton with me 4000-112 uh, series of engine. So United is the airline that is affected the most. They have 24. Um, Japan Airlines and ANA in Japan have a combined total of 32. Uh, Korean Air has 16, uh, but only seven are in service, nine are stored. And Jin um, Air, which is its um, LCC derivative carrier, has four. And Asiana has seven, with two in storage. So there are only five carriers affected um, because there are 69 in service, but 59 um, and 59 in storage. So the problem is relatively small scale, but it's still yet another ding on Boeing. Yeah. Even though the product is not a Boeing product, but it's right. on a Boeing aircraft. Yeah. And, and, so, <clears throat> and of course, when people, um, like, you know, when, it, when I was reading all this stuff online, no one mentioned anything about the engine manufacturing because nobody cares. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, it's a United 777. Yep. Okay, carry yeah, on. And no one's probably had a, even heard of Bratton Whitney. But the, uh, one, another reason why I brought this up is that on the same day, ironically, but this time in the Netherlands, um, on a cargo aircraft, a Boeing 747-400, mm -hmm. um, the cargo airline was called Long Tail Aviation. And this is an, an airline based in, the Bermuda, in Bermuda. And they generally have charter jets charter uh, private jets. Mm -hmm. And this is the first trip, uh, 747-400 cargo aircraft that they have. Oh. Uh, they got it in 2020, I believe, late in 2020. Sorry. Um, yes, late in 2020. And this was a flight operating from Maastricht in the Netherlands to JFK. And wouldn't you know it, number four engine disintegrated. And surprise, it had Bratton Whitney 4,000 engines which is a smaller version of what they have on the 777. Right, I was just gonna say. Yeah. Um, this one caused damage on the ground, a lot of broken car windshields and, and roofs and also houses, but it too landed without any incident in Liège. Now Maastricht is very close to the Belgian border, so it Liège is. wasn't too far away. Yeah. But it's ironic that the same engine had two problems um, on two different continents on the same day. Coincidental. So, Purely coincidental. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Coincidental. But and this engine, <laughs> um, this engine actually is also on the Airbus 330. Um, the new but, uh, so far, ones? No, the older ones. The older ones, ones okay. The old ones, yeah. yeah. But so far, there have been no incidents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because there are a lot of other airlines that are, have these aircraft in storage, like Egypt Air, uh, but they're, they're not flying. So um, 
What they have to do now is inspect these uh, very, very frequently because apparently Bratt and Whitney can tell when exactly um, fractures happen um, because there's some technology they have that can diagnose that. And they missed this But one? Apparently so. <laughs> oh, wow. It's, so um, I went to... Um... There's one thing, Cohen. Go ahead. Um, when the fracture starts, the fan blade is not um, in imminent danger. But as it continues cycles, like takeoff and landing, that fracture progressively gets worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And Pratt and Whitney can apparently identify when the fracture started. Uh, if, if that's any consolation. Uh, well, how often do they check these engines? Um, I believe they're supposed to check them every 5,000 cycles. Uh, but now uh, they've been told that they have to um, inspect them um, every less than 1,000 cycles, which is a big yeah, change. It is. It's time and expense. And the cycle is um, start to stop. One takeoff, one landing, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, so amazing. Um, now I was saying that I went to um, uh, some Farnborough air show, which is postponed for this year, um, which is, uh, well, this was going to be Paris and Paris is canceled for this year. Yes. And Farnborough was canceled for last year. So it'll be, I guess next year it'll be Farnborough again. Um, but they have all the parts of the engines and they had this, it was a G90 at the time. They had the big, the outer, the outer piece, which, <clears throat> which you didn't see. because I guess that fell off of the engine too. Right. But, uh, well, actually, no, that was still there because that's the piece where the, the fan blades are inside this, this cowling. And so that's the nacelle, piece, yeah. the nacelle, that piece was still there. Um, but they showed The guy said it had a hairline crack, which you can't see by, see, the, yeah. by the eye. And they had to um, get rid of it. And if you've seen the GE90, it's taller than me. <laughs> so, um, 37. Yeah. Any, any cracks in these engines? Um, Especially the fan blades. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just won't. And I think in the pictures, they were able to see. <laughs> in some of the pictures when the air, when the engine was free, freewheeling because of the air, um, they could see that one of the blades was, um, was, was severed. So that was kind of interesting. The other thing about this, this incident is um, I listened to the air traffic control. Uh, mm -hmm. It was textbook. Um, the, yeah. the crew they was, did a great job. Great job. Great. The crew was just Look at the amazing engineering on the C-777. Oh yeah. But it landed. Oh yeah, it was overweight, and it landed. That was the thing, right? Because I'm thinking they had 40 minutes from the time that they they pushed back to the time they touched the ground again. It was 40 minutes. They didn't have enough time. I don't know. I guess they had dumped some fuel. Yeah, but they couldn't. They couldn't get down to the required. Oh, exactly. Landing weight. And I saw the video of the airplane landing, and it was smooth. <laughs> I mean, these guys. They had so, which means they had full control, thankfully, because they hit. It looks like they hit that hit the bottom was by the undercarriage. Um, yes, which was very yeah. so. No, no hydraulics were hit. 
or no fuel, no fuel yep. was hit. The fuel lines. I mean, you know, if if you wanted something to happen, this is what you want to happen. You know, it was a clean break. But kudos to Boeing, though, right, for the design. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, the the, the design. Sorry, say again. I'm sure they anticipated something like this happening on all aircraft. Yes, but yeah, yeah, and and lose, losing an <clears throat> engine in takeoff, pilots practice that all the time. Yeah, and so this was just textbook because when you hear the guy, the the, the captain, he was um, <laughs> he was quite calm. I was like, kind of, yeah, we kind of we, we we lost the right engine or something like that. He said. Uh, and people are like, oh, why did they clear May Day? It's like, well, you have to, because that's the signal that tells the airport, clear everybody out of my way, I'm coming in. Um, and so yeah. that's, so it was, uh, as, a, as an aviation geek, I was excited. <laughs> as a passenger, I would still be excited, but I understand why people are like, oh my God, engine's on fire. Like, yeah, but the guys up front have it under control. They, they know what's going on. So here's a question. Um, do they have cameras on the, on the 777? I know they have cameras underneath. On, uh, you, it, you have to... Um, it's an option. Uh, it's right? an option, right. Yeah, and I'm probably, I don't... And it's on the nose wheel. It's on the nose wheel, but there's also one underneath because yeah. you can see that on, on the... Right. I think Down. on 300ER, it is not an option. I think they actually have it because they need to be able to, it's so long, they need to be able to see when they make the turns. Is that right? Yeah, when they're taxiing. I don't think it's an okay. option. I think, because um, yeah, on the, lo on the longer planes, they do have them so they can see this. So it's not just for us to see outside and go, oh, that's cool. <laughs> it's really something good taxi the plane. <laughs> But uh, but it, so if, if there are any triple seven pilots and stuff uh, that are listening to this podcast, um, let us know what your what your thoughts are on on this one, and yeah, maybe you can explain us some of the things that you know we don't really realize. I was in a plane that dumped fuel on takeoff coming out of Sydney on a triple seven eight seven bird strike on takeoff. Okay. Yeah, you mentioned that. Yeah, and, I remember uh, you talking about that. Dude, I had to find a video. It was the coolest thing because we were dumping fuel. We had to. Uh, I was smooth landing. But yeah, so many things could have gone wrong with this. So kudos to um, the crew. And I kept telling people like, you know, we see all this outside. Inside, the flight attendants were like, you know, assume the brace position. Here's what's going to happen. Blah, 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 blah. So that was good. So Did, did they do a... a, a, a they didn't they didn't pop a slide and do that right <clears throat> okay so which means that they because the airplane can't fly on one engine and none of the system were severed they weren't leaking fuel designed um, to yeah but you know um and of course that saved the airline a little a little money by not popping this popping the slides <laughs> yeah so uh, all right, cool. Good story. I'm glad, I'm glad we're able to uh, talk about that. And I'm glad that everybody walked away uh, from that one and the airplane did, didn't end differently. Um, all right, so let's see what we have. Da, 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 da. Uh, we, we talked about the, uh, we talked about the Max 7 issues on the 787, right? Are they still um, in trouble? 
Yeah, the 787 is, uh, they haven't had a delivery. Boeing hasn't had a delivery since October 2020. Yeah. Because remember that they have this issue where the surface of the aircraft is not as smooth as it needs to be. And this has to do with the joining of these um, composite barrels. Mm -hmm. Remember the 787 is almost completely composite. Right. Uh, and when they join these portions, the, the, the seam, if you will, is not as smooth as it needs to be. And right. the shims that they use to smooth out any imperfections are also uh, causing Boeing several problems. So they have a backlog of about 80 787s um, that have not been delivered. Hmm. So that's yet another ding for this aircraft. I mean, it's an revolutionary plane given that it was the first to be almost all composite right but you know airbus hasn't really completely escaped this matter entirely because qatar has noticed that uh, it being the um uh, what is that called when you're the first airline to operate the the, launch launch yeah, customer launch customer they've noticed that on their earliest 350s their um fuselage surface um, has been starting to show some creases at the oh. point of the join. So Airbus is looking into that. But somehow they haven't gotten the scrutiny or the publicity that Boeing has for the 787. Yeah, so, well, uh, probably because, you know, um, <laughs> it's it's an old American thing, right? If it, if it doesn't happen on our shore, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's 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 really it's very, true. It's, it's really true. very sad. Um, it's even more sad when you hear about uh, accidents in other countries, and nobody here cares. It's really it's, it's really sad. But hmm. so, um, all right, uh, all right. So let's see. And so the reason why I have my Everett photo is because I'm mourning Everett. Because Everett is such a fine city, but Boeing is just packing up and leaving, almost. <laughs> so. Yes. So on the 27th of February, at 10 p.m., the last 787 to be manufactured in Everett in Washington State rolled off. It was number 1095 and was an aircraft for ANA. Mm. Um, so this is going to be yet another plane that's going to be on the ground um, and undelivered until they can solve this problem with the um, joining of these fuselage barrels for the 787. Yeah. And from now on, all 787s, the 8, the 9, and the 10 are going to be manufactured in Charleston, in South Carolina, across the country from Seattle and Everett, uh, starting in mid-March. Sad. So, um, so I just thought that was worth uh, mentioning. Oh, definitely. So um, uh, I guess some <clears throat> related questions to that. So all, so all delivery flights will, will be in Charleston as well? As far as I know, but that could change. Yeah. That is such a huge blow because I don't think people realize that, you know, people just see the airplanes um, and they're like, you know, they don't just magically show up 
at your gate or at the air, airline's um, place, uh, whenever they, they do what's called delivery flights. And also during the process, all the airline people go there to make sure that things are being done properly. Because you know, if they have to install seats, which they always have to do, they have to make sure that those things work. And so there's a whole bunch of manufacturers that uh, I guess operation that's around it. There's hotels, there's other company that actually prepares the interior of the aircraft and all that. Mm -hmm. So moving that from one city doesn't just affect Boeing, it affects yep. the entire, um, the entire area. Everybody. Exactly. Really. And so, um, and I know that a lot of these cities, they're like, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm giving them all this, this, usually they get tax breaks to move somewhere, but they're going to ditch you too at some point. I mean, but first they moved the headquarters to Chicago, which I don't understand why. And now they're moving the 787 uh, to, to, um, Charleston. Charleston. So, so, and the 747, they're done, right? There's no more Dash 8Is coming out, are they, right? And they're, right. so, so what's in Everett? The 777X um, and maybe the new um, NMA replacement. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so. Because now you have all these big hangers and that hangar, in uh, in Everett, I think it's the if it's not the world largest building by volume, it's the second, something like that. Yeah, something <clears> like <throat> that, right? Because I think yeah. the mall in Canada is the largest one, the one in Edmonton. Um, okay, I think so. So you have all these facilities that they have that they need to do something with. So it'll be interesting to see what they yeah what they do with these um, with these with these facilities. Yep. Um, so. another thought I had about Everett. I'm saddened. I'm saddened that they're doing that because um, the community is going to suffer because Boeing has been a mainstay in Everett for just employer in Washington State. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. This is a this so. is a major blow, a major major blow to Everett. Um, mm -hmm. It goes back to that building that they said they vacated, but the building is still there. It's like. R&D center that we talked about a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, you know, just come out and tell the people ever, you know what, we're leaving. Um, instead of just like pulling a little piece out and pulling a little piece out here. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad. Um, yeah. You know, we, we never want to end on a sad story, but this is a sad story. <laughs> um, oh, I was, I was going to say, I actually was at the rollout at the 787. Um, okay. Yeah, and I'm going to link the video to that. I, I wasn't invited. My invite got lost in the, in the mail, boy. But hmm, maybe mine did too. I, <laughs> exactly. But I was across the street and I was taking photos from across the street, myself and like three or four other people who were not also invited. Because um, if you've ever been to Everett, uh, I think is it, Mokilteo Way, I think it is, uh, that, that main street that runs right in front of the plant. Um, you can see the airplane from, from the other side of the street and, uh, and it's huge. And so when the 787 rolled out, it had, uh, there was nothing in it. It was basically a shell, it was delayed. Um, and it took him a few months before it actually made its first flight. Uh, and rollout is just the first time that 
the airplane is quote unquote rolled out and shown to the public, when public it's flown, yeah. um, oh. in essence. And yeah, so, all right. That's all you have for the uh, 787 then? Yes. All right. Uh, How I are we do, doing on time given that uh, I, you have a commitment? Uh, we're good, we actually have three minutes. So um, I'll just wrap up. Um, we need to go find some stories on Airbus because something has got to be going on in Airbus, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but so thank you guys for listening to uh, another. We did talk about Boeing this entire episode. Yeah, this is the entire Boeing episode, right? <laughs> A Boeing aircraft episode. All the time. Sorry, say again? It, it wasn't entirely a positive um, uh, outlook on Boeing. Yeah, no. The, these stories. The Boeing PR people, are just, they're just going to hate us. Dude, we'll, I'll never get invited to, to Everett now. <laughs> so we're going to have um, uh, a discussion about uh, uh, Boeing and its future. So stay tuned for that. Okay. All right. That's good. So um, maybe we can invite a Boeing PR person on to, uh, to talk to us about what's going on. <laughs> a few too, too much, a little bit too much similarity between Boeing's current situation and McDonnell Douglas. Oh, which is interesting. And, and McDonald, we, were talking, we were talking about that to somebody recently that you know, Boeing did buy McDonnell Douglas, but who's there to buy Boeing? Stay tuned. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Well, they're moving to Charleston. So, you know, maybe, it's, uh, oh, maybe, you know, Elon Musk. Maybe he'll oh, end up buying, yeah. uh, buying Boeing and uh, moving it into yeah. the next. Uh, because clearly something needs to happen um, because they, you can see it. You can see all the things that they've done so far and um, something else needs to happen because, I don't know. It just doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't look right. And just throwing Boeing seems the, to have lost its way a yes, little bit. Yes, and throwing out <laughs> the CEO every time something goes wrong because that's how U.S. companies do it doesn't make any sense. Um, okay, you know, you're starting to steal my thunder for next episode. Oh, okay. For my right. for my opinion piece from okay. Richard Abulafia. All right, we will let Kushra handle that. So that means you guys have to come back for episode 71. <laughs> um, it's good. We're thinking along the same lines. Um, remember to uh, iTunes, go look at us on iTunes, on, uh, uh, on iTunes podcast is what it's called now. I don't think it's actually called iTunes anymore, but you know what I mean. Go on your iPhones and, uh, and download us. Uh, we're also on Spotify and uh, go to passrather.com slash, what was that? Only on iPhones? Can you download it? Uh, no, I think you can actually do it on, on Android. Okay. Yeah, I think you can actually do it on Android. And you can okay. do, do it because Apple, because they realize that they just want people to get into the, um, they want to get downloads. So I think you can, I'm going to verify that. Uh, but just to make sure, but you can get Apple Music on your uh, Android, and I think from the Apple Music you get you get the podcast. They've made it confusing. It used to just be iTunes, and now it's all confusing. But um, just if you if you have an iPhone, go to the podcast section, look for us on there. What's happening in travel? 
Oh, um, wait. but aren't you telling people to do this when they're already tuned in? Um, yeah. So you're saying I should tell them at the beginning? <laughs> no, you should put it on your website. It is on there. There's a link on there that tells them how to get in there. Um, uh, hang on. My friend had a had a had a question. Um, uh, okay. He says in episode 64, um, we referenced the song, Somebody's Watching Me, mm. but didn't know who sang it. He said it was by the one hit one. It was a one hit wonder from Rockwell. That's right. With Michael <laughs> Jackson in the background. <laughs> and that was a song. I always feel like somebody's watching me. Exactly. <laughs> so... That's a good note to end on. And so if you have, if you have uh, feedback or anything, just let us know. Uh, we don't claim to know everything. Um, we just try to use our aviation knowledge and try to explain things to you. And hopefully um, it's helpful. Um, so this is, um, I'm here with my buddy. Bushro. And I'm Kerwin and we're signing off for episode seven zero and we tape this on March 2nd. 2021.